You're listening to the 411 on Mousecapades Radio. It's my station. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Brad. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 723, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. I want to apologize again, still fighting the Missouri allergies. So if you hear some groggily in my voice, that is what it's from, is lovely pollen. Yeah, Vic, definitely you sound different when you have this stuff going on. Um, I feel sorry for you. Hope you get better. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your ticket and resort reservation. Text Vicki for a free quote at 636-395-0544. So when we were researching for this episode, um, Disney World's 10 years of change, we realized how much information was involved. And so it became bigger than just one episode. We didn't want to make you guys sit in your car for two hours and listen to us banter on about different changes. So we did the first part. So if you didn't get a chance to listen last Friday to the first part, and my voice was not like this back then, um, the first part was last Friday, so this for today is the second part of the Disney changes for the past 10 years, and there were a bundle of them. Um, when we stopped, Brad was doing mobile ordering, so I'm going to start with mobile check-in as a change that happened at Disney. You can pre-check-in on your My Disney Experience app up to 24 hours before your trip. The reason I'm saying that is you may still be able to do it at 24 hours, But a lot of times, if it's within the 24 hours or you're getting there, they're finalizing things and there's sometimes glitches and so they don't get through to Disney. So then you end up having to check in anyway. So you can start pre-check-in almost immediately after you book your reservation, just so you know that. It'll have you save a credit card for incidentals if you haven't already done that in past trips. You have to make a four-digit PIN for you to use um, with your Magic Band or your smartphone when you're like making purchases or whatever you're going to be using yours for you won't have to have it the four digit number to get into the parks but you will to use it because your credit card is linked to it and we don't want any issues so disney allows you to make a four digit pin also they'll have you make like room preference and i don't mean it tells you exactly floor and exactly room number if you want something like that you need your travel agent that's why you have a travel agent you need your travel agent or you need to call disney and say we stayed at room 650 and we really liked it and if we can have 650 again and they can make it happen they will try but they will not guarantee anything they also ask do you want it near the lobby or near the elevator or near bus stop or near the skyliner so there's all these choices that they're going to ask you and then on the day you arrive you'll receive a text uh, from disney telling you what hotel or excuse me what building you're in and what room number you are and then there's on the Disney app, you can find the map to your resort if you don't know exactly where that is. So it is very convenient, especially with COVID when they reopened back up. I know that was really helpful because they were trying to keep 
the people away from each other or as distance as possible and by having this mobile check-in. Now, it was in place before the pandemic, but I know that it's been used far more since the pandemic. So yeah, Vic, when you were talking through this, I mean, I just feel that Disney has really leveraged the mobile to its fullest extent. Like they really implemented this for some of the pain points that people were really feeling. And so it's been a good thing. Mobile ordering, mobile check-in, mobile everything that they can at this point. That's a very good thing. Very convenient, less stress in my opinion. But again, it kind of makes a mobile device a necessity now if you really want to get out of it everything that they offer with regards to mobile. So moving on a little bit, when Disney first announced that they'd be building Pandora, most people were confused as to why Disney felt that they needed this for Animal Kingdom. However, as you may remember, when Animal Kingdom was being built, it was going to have originally a Fantastical Beast section. So Disney went with it. Well, we may have thought they didn't need an Avatar Land, but once we hopped on our first Banshee and rode through Pandora, that's all it took. We were hooked. Uh, the tranquil boat ride down the Navi River journey takes you through Pandora in yet another way, and it engulfs you into the experience and into the movie everyone remembers so fondly. Now, the Disney Imagineers outdid themselves. Well, on December 16, 2022, the long-awaited Avatar The Way of Water, the sequel to the first movie, is coming out. This upcoming movie teaser had 148.6 million views on the first day it came out. So I think we're going to see a resurgence at Animal Kingdom because of the sequel. Like they've already got the Pandora Land set. Obviously they won't be able to turn around anything that quick to incorporate the sequel, but I think it's just going to rekindle and reignite some of the passion for Pandora when this movie comes out. And it really hasn't died down, Brad. Yeah. Like the time, the wait times for this, and it's and it's also a lightning lane pay ride thing. So I, I'm just wondering what it's going to do. I mean, I'm sure it's going to make Disney happy, but I just am thinking we may not get to ride this every time because this is going to bring about a whole new generation of Avatar fans. Yes, it will. It will, for sure. We love Kaylee, but we hope we don't have to watch this Avatar movie as much as we had to the first one. And so remind me, Vic, this is one of the ones that you can pay individual Lightning Lane, correct? Currently until August the 7th, it is the only ride at Animal Kingdom that you can pay for for that ride. Everything else is on Genie Plus currently. It's just a thing that Disney's testing out to see, um, is it okay to leave Expedition Everest on Genie Plus or do they need to go back to having the two pay rides per park? With this sequel coming out, I think it's going to stay on the list of individual Lightning Lane, for sure. Oh, I think this one will. It'll be interesting to see if or when, and I'm not sure which I want to say, like when they get the new version of Finding Nemo, is that going to go direct to Genie Plus, or are they going to need to put that on the um, Lightning Lane paid thing? And honestly, I would pay it only because I know how good the other one was. So I would be willing to pay that money. I hope Disney's not listening to that because then they'll be like, aha, Vicki Black says it's okay. I'm just saying I could see doing that. I don't necessarily know if I do it every trip. I think that the tickets are priced enough and we know they're gonna go up again next year that I feel like 
they should be able to make accommodations for that and be able to keep it without having to make that on a paid show. But you just never know. Yep, we'll have to see what the number crunchers come up with. I'm sure they're already crunching the numbers as we speak. Next up is Toy Story Land. And this is part of Hollywood Studios. And I don't want to speak for my whole family, but for me, this is one of my most favorite places of Hollywood Studios is Toy Story Land. And it started with Toy Story Midway Mania. And it was created, that ride, before, trying to think exactly how many years, but I know that it was open in 2008. I believe it was 2008. We went in 2009. So it was a fairly new ride at the time, but Toy Story Land was just opened a couple years ago. So that ride was around for a little while. And it was definitely one of my favorites. I think I can speak for you, Brad, and say that you liked it as well. Yes, for sure. This is one of my favorites, actually. Once the land opened, though, the entrance to this ride took a new location. It actually went to the back of the building so that you were in Andy's backyard. And the land takes you into Andy's backyard like you are smaller than the grass, like everything's bigger than you. It comes to life so that you feel like you're in Andy's backyard as a kid. Along with that ride, they also have Slinky Dog Dash, which is a roller coaster, and Alien Saucer Spin, which is a spinning ride where you can get to ride with aliens. It's not quite as jerky or spinny, for lack of a better word, as like the teacups, because I can't do the teacups, but I can do Alien Saucer Spin. I'm out on any ride that spins. I just cannot do it. Well, it's not that I can't explain it, and you could look at it and see it doesn't go round and round. Like it's almost like it used to be called the Scrambler at Six Flags. So you're not really spinning as much as you're moving in and out past people. And it looks like you might hit them, but you're really not going to. It's, you know, kind of a messes with your mind a little bit. To me, it's the same hurl factor. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Also in Toy Story Land is Woody's Lunchbox. It's a quick serve restaurant as well as Toy Story themed bathrooms, which are amazing. If even if you don't have to go to the bathroom, I'm telling you, you need to go in these bathrooms because they're just over the top. They have toy like theming all throughout the bathroom. They definitely were consistent with their theming. So yes, it's very cool. Go check it out. Like Vic said, even if you don't got to go, go. You need to go just to take pictures, which I know sounds ridiculous, but at Disney, taking bathroom pictures, never ridiculous. There is an entire vlogger that's dedicated to Disney bathrooms and keeping up with bathrooms. You should check it out sometime. You just got to be careful how you're taking pictures in the bathroom. Yes. It can get a little awkward if, depending on how you're doing that. So. Yes, please do that. Don't take inappropriate pictures. I just meant of the theming. Yes. <laughs> Slinky Dog Dash, I talked about a few minutes ago being, but it's a very popular roller coaster. And because of that, the wait time for it has stayed consistently over an hour, usually within the first 10 to 15 minutes when you're walking into the park. And so that is frustrating sometimes. And surprisingly, it was not put on. I mean, we're glad it's on Genie Plus, uh, but it's not a choice for Lightning Lane where you can purchase it. So if you don't get it with Genie Plus, you're either going to end up waiting two to three hours or you're not going to get to ride it at all, which is kind of sad, but it is a fun ride 
with amazing theming once again it's over the top because you're supposed to be in andy's backyard riding on this roller coaster that he created with his toys on his slinky dog so you know disney does everything fantastically but as i said before toy story midway mania family favorite brad even admitted that you get in a ride vehicle you're wearing 3d glasses and you're playing digital circus-like games trying to get the winner of your ride vehicle which is a a competition i'm sure with a lot of families but definitely with our family we're always like who got this board we always want to know who is the highest never vicky but i really work hard at it and then woody's lunchbox was not something that we tried right away but then we started hearing people over and over saying they had so many delicious foods and that we should try it they do serve breakfast lunch and dinner there one of the cool things that they have that's nowhere else on disney property is the homemade pop tarts they have several flavors all of the time they also changed flavors seasonally so sometimes there's a seasonal one i believe right now there's a lemon one that kaylee's wanting to try lemon's not my big thing but she likes it and so she said too bad we're not going to be there this summer because there's like a lemon one she wants to try but we've had the raspberry one and it's really tasty so i suggest that one couple other items that i've heard people talk about or we've tasted three cheese grilled cheese sandwiches those were amazing we had those uh, i can't remember if we had this but i know several of our uh, travel agents have eaten the tachos which they call potato barrels with beef bean chili queso tomatoes green onions and sour cream by the way potato bar barrels are just tater tots for all of us that are wondering but everybody brags and brags on those. And I know they have a tachos breakfast one too with eggs and cheese and stuff. So definitely this was a good change for Hollywood Studios. Obviously gave more rides, just a lot more theming places for you to get pictures. I'm hoping now that the characters are back out and about the last couple of weeks that you'll start seeing Woody and Jesse and Buzz the army the green army men are my favorite they come out and just mess with the kids and do like you know they're in boot camp and stuff so things are starting to get back to normal so definitely make sure you stop by toy story land yes toy story land definitely a favorite of our family and now that they've got the whole land it is definitely up to the toy story game for sure Oh, and I do know that, Brad, they're in the middle of creating something else. It's, I want to think it's called Jesse's Backyard Barbecue. You'd think I'd know because I know we've reported on it. I'm pretty positive that's what it is. They're in the process of, I believe it's behind where that big woody icon where everybody gets their pictures. Behind there somewhere is Jesse's Backyard Barbecue. That tracks. That sounds like it'll be good. I hope so. Oh, I'm sure it's Disney. And that land draws a lot of families. So I think they do need another venue for food. Yeah, for sure. The one that they have there is, I mean, it's pretty busy. It can be difficult to get a table. Well, and you may not realize this because I know you edit the shows, but they are enlarging that area. And it started out as a small project. And then I guess they decided well, while we're here digging things out, we should just make it larger. So they're actually excavating more land to give that area some more because it's more popular, I guess, than originally anticipated, or I don't know exactly what their mindset was when they were doing it. Cause it is rather small. 
seating area considering all the people that you know are going to be in that area. Yeah, I do think I had heard that rumor. It may have been on the show. It just, it needs to be bigger. I don't like just standing and hovering over people trying to hawk an open spot. It just seems, it's awkward. And it's so compact right now that that's what you end up doing. It was really bad uh, during the reopening of during the pandemic. So the pandemic was still going on when we were there in October of 2020 and then in February in 2021 when Kaylee and I went back it was super awkward because the tables are very close together it was not conducive to social distancing so yeah that's not a bad idea if they're expanding for sure so I'm glad to hear that so we'll move on a little bit next door to Toy Story Land Disney built Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and it brought a galaxy far, far away, right into Hollywood Studios. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is an immersive land that drops you straight into your own Star Wars adventure. And let's face it, we wanted to do that as Star Wars fans forever. Guests just love hopping over to Hollywood Studios for a Ronto wrap before heading over to take in a drink in a bona fide Star Wars cantina. Plus, you can get a shot at piloting the Millennial Falcon, and Rise of the Resistance is one of the most technologically advanced rides Disney has ever created. This one definitely is a popular one. It's on the individual lightning lane list. It's constantly packed. It does have lots of technical issues. It's down a lot, which doesn't help, but definitely one for the fans, for sure. They knew what they were doing when they built this land. They know its popularity with that fan base. Oh, so Brad, also next to that land is Star Wars Galaxy Star Cruiser, which is a three-day, two-night, all-immersive adventure that you can go on with your family. It does cost a pretty penny, but if you are a true Star Wars, I guess, nerd or however you want to say it, I mean, I'm a scrapbooking nerd. I say that about myself. I'm just saying if you are like all in, you like to dress up and go to Comic-Con and all that kind of stuff. This is probably something that you want to experience and you can engulf yourself so much that that's all you do the whole time or you don't have to be completely involved. However, from what I heard from bloggers and reading on articles, if you're not engulfed in it, you're going to kind of feel left out. I mean, honestly, even though they're selling it as a cruise kind of thing, it a regular cruise ship wouldn't only have you do something like that. It would have other things for you to go to where this is either like your room or you're in on the action with all the other characters. Um, it does look like a cool experience. We've talked about that on the rumors and news show, even though not all of us are as big of star Wars gurus as others. We feel like we'd like to go on there if the pricing changed a little bit. It just is a little pricey. I believe it's $6,000 for a couple for the three days and two nights. And I'm so cheap about what I'm doing. I'd rather take two trips to Disney for that amount of money than I would go on Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. So I'm not sure if anybody remembers Downtown Disney for us. That is the original name, but for people that are newer going to Disney World recently, I'm trying to think, like 2015 on probably, 
you know it as Disney Springs. D Downtown Disney was a small shopping place with stores and some restaurants. And it was a nice place to visit because it's by a lake near Saratoga Springs. It was a nice place to go, but now it has become a huge shopping and dining complex. And it's almost like a theme park in, in itself. In fact, I've heard a lot of guests call Disney Springs the fifth Disney park. And as you know, Brad, we've spent a lot of time there. In fact, when we did our non-park visit trip, we spent several, three or four days. We would just go for a few hours and then go back to the condo or whatever. It is definitely something that you want to do if you're going to Orlando and you're not planning to go to the parks or, you, or you're not a park person. This has got music and those aqua thin cars or it's the cars that can go on the water but can also drive on land and it it's pretty cool amphibious vehicles thank you yes and you can go in a hot air balloon you can go to a movie you can bowl at splitsville they brought back cirque du soleil so there's so many things down there to keep you busy that you could just visit there if you don't want to go to the parks. I know my aunt and uncle went and I was like, oh, do you want me to get you tickets to the Magic Kingdom? And they're like, no, we're just going to go to that, that Disney store place. And so I don't think they realized how big that Disney store place was when they said they were just going to go there. But it's definitely something that you should not miss when you go there. And the food and everything is fantastic, just like everywhere else on property. Yeah, you can definitely do Disney at Disney Springs in a laid-back way. It's not the hustle and bustle of a park. I mean, it can be busy there, but it's not like you're sprinting to ride rides or wait in ride queues all day long. It's just a different experience while still being exposed to all aspects of the Disney theming and all that. Right, you're still in that bubble. Correct. You don't feel like you've left the bubble in Disney Springs. And another cool thing, Brad, that I know we've talked about on the show before is the parking there. So if you're on property, obviously you can take the buses, but if you want to drive there, if you've driven to Florida or you have a rental car, the one of the coolest things that I love about Disney Springs is the parking garages that they installed when they enlarged this shopping area, shopping dining area, I should say. They have these, I believe, five level garages and they install these little lights over the top of each parking space. And when the parking space is full, the light turns orange, and if it's open, it turns green. And they have electronic signs outside that tell you how many parking spots are available on each level. It is amazing and will save you a ton of time driving around looking for a parking spot. So if you see level three only has 12 parking spots left, keep on trucking, because. Who wants to look around that big parking garage for 12 spots when you could keep going up and have 500 spots or not really like 300 spots up on level five. All right. So Disney World has always excelled at providing great transportation for resort guests. And in 2019, Disney added an amazing form of transportation, the Skyliner. The Skyliner connects the art of animation and pop century resorts at a single station on Generation Gap Bridge. So Disney's Riviera Resort and Caribbean Beach Resort are where the hub connects all three lines. 
uh, a new transportation option at Disney World is always a good thing due to the volume of people. And this mode of transportation has a gorgeous view of the resorts, parts of Epcot, and parts of Hollywood Studios. And I know that we, on one of our trips, when we didn't even go into the parks, but we were in Orlando, we did get on this and just use it kind of as a ride to kind of, you know, just ride around and see things. Well, we were trying to engulf my mom in the Disney bubble without actually going into the parks. That's when COVID was still pretty high. You know, it was December of 2020. And, you know, my mom's not old. I mean, if you ask a 12 year old if 70 is old, they would say yes. But it's really not old nowadays. I mean, the other day at the ballpark, there was a 100 year old pitching to the catcher. So 70 in that comparison is not very old. But we weren't sure health-wise so that, you know, you can go back and listen to that trip report if you've not been listening long and about us just taking her and easing her into Disney by visiting Disney Springs and visiting resorts and stuff. So this was one of the things that we did one day and it was a nice way to let her see what she'd been hearing about and seeing in pictures for years. And it's also beautiful. Yes. It helped, it lets you see a part of some of the Disney property that you would never get to see. For example, if you get on the monorail, there are back parts from Magic Kingdom to Epcot that you see that you wouldn't normally see. So yeah, I always encourage people, even if they don't want to ride it. I know a lot of people are saying heights, heights is a problem, heights is a problem. Well, heights is kind of a problem for Brad and sometimes Kaylee and both of them love that. And that's something huge and it's, just a unique thing to do and it's very smooth it's not jerky it's very smooth which helps i believe and i know there was conversation we were afraid right at the beginning that it was going to be so hot but obviously the people that helped build that understood what to do because there are little vents in there that seem to keep it even in hot times it keeps it cool and you're able to close those vents when it's a little bit chillier outside at disney i mean it never gets well, I shouldn't say it never gets cold. It really never gets below 20. It does sometimes, but when we've been there, I think the lowest it's been is in the 30s. So Epcot continually changing right now to make it better than it has been. And originally they told us that they were trying to follow along with more of Walt's plans. I'm not sure uh, how much of that is true because the Epcot that we know is not the Epcot that he eventually, I mean, he originally created anyway but that's what they keep saying. So what has recently opened at Epcot is the Creation Store, which is a store of souvenirs that replaced Mouse Gears, which was one of our favorites. And it of course is wonderful. It has floor to ceiling windows if you haven't heard us talking about it. It is very open and bright so that you can see in there. And Mouse Gears was kind of a dark place. So I guess that's what they were going with. And they opened Connections Cafe, which is our new Starbucks. And as we all know, people need their Starbucks. If uh, they could use two Starbucks at Magic Kingdom, but we're not talking about that right now. We could do a whole show on Starbucks at Disney World. And then the Connections Eatery, which replaced the electric umbrella and has some unique foods. So that's changed there. And then later this month, which not too far from now. So when this comes out, it'll be May the 20th. So seven days from Friday, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind will open. Again, if you were listening to the show either this week or last week, 
it is going to be have a virtual queue like the other rides when they first started rise of the resistance and remy's ratatouille adventure it will also have the opportunity to purchase lightning lane however you can't do that till 7 a.m and if you're not on property you can't do it till you get there and we can tell you from christmas time when we stayed off property we weren't able to get those individual lightning lane rides because they were already either um they were all sold out to people staying on property. So just be prepared for that. Um, but that is another thing that's changed over there. Of course, there are more things coming. Uh, Communicore Hall, Communicore Plaza, and the Journey of the Water, which is Moana themed. We don't know for sure when the Communicore section is going to be open. They're saying hopefully by next summer, the 2023. But Journey of Water, even though if you look from above, from the monorail, does not appear to be anywhere near being finished. It's supposed to be taught ready sometime this summer. Again, this summer goes until September the 20th. So it will probably be ready September 20th, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure that they're hoping for something. And if they really pushed it, because they are farther now than they were before, but they really pushed it, they might be able to do it Labor Day weekend because they like to do things on holiday, which I'm not really sure because they're crowded enough from the holiday, but that's like Disney way. All right, also at Epcot, Disney converted Malmstrom into the Frozen Ever After ride in Norway. Soon after you climb aboard the boat, you'll pass some quote unquote boulders otherwise known as Kristoff's family from Troll Valley, before bracing for the cold. Then high up in the icy blue world of the North Mountain, Queen Elsa's enchanting ice palace awaits. Behold the wonder and keep an eye out for Anna, Olaf, and a few more frozen friends. This enchanting summer snow day celebration, complete with many of your favorite frozen tunes, is sure to melt even the coldest hearts. This song-filled journey is a slow-moving boat ride with backward and forward plunges down short waterfalls. And full disclosure, you may get wet on this ride, so you have been warned. But in the Florida heat is welcomed. That is true. A welcome thing if you get wet. So I'm not trying to give any spoilers, but if you rode on Maelstrom, the ride itself is the same as it was with that ride. A lot of long-time Disney goers didn't realize that when they redid the ride they were keeping the ride itself they were just really retheming is what they did and so um i know the first time i rode it with somebody that had rode maelstrom but hadn't been on that ride they're like this is the same ride and i was like sorry but it's a different theme so if you liked maelstrom then you'll be happy because it's the same ride itself it's just not themed the same just last October, Epcot brought us Remy's Ratatouille Adventure to the French Pavilion. This is a 4D ride experience, and you join Chef Remy on a daring culinary caper that will captivate all your senses as you zip, dash, and scurry through the bustling kitchen, in the dining room, and the walls of Gusto's famous Paris restaurant. C'est magnifique. I'm trying not to spoil it for you, although if you could go on vlogs and watch this whole ride if you would like to it is a fun ride for the whole family i don't know what i was expecting brad and you can talk to how you felt about it it's a little overwhelming and i wrote it twice now the first time i wrote it i was so trying to get it all in and i know that's how it is the first time i rode mickey's not so run or mickey's runaway railway mickey and minnie's runaway railway same thing there's so much to take in in true disney fashion that you don't 
can't capture it all. So when I wrote it the second time, I was like, holy cow, I didn't even remember doing this. So you literally do feel like you're a mouse. Luckily, I didn't feel like I was a mouse in a trap. Um, I didn't know, I know we talked about it a little bit, but I don't exactly remember what you said after we rode that ride. It can be overwhelming. There's lots to take in. And I agree, if you can ride it more than once, you definitely need to do that because it's a lot to take in all in one ride. And so I think you're gonna see a lot more or pick up on a lot more things the second and subsequent times around if you can swing that. Also, like most rides at Disney, if the crowds start to build, I feel like they ramp it up a little bit. And so the second time we went through it, it was, well, no, I guess it was October. Yeah, when Kaylee and I were there in October, I felt like it went faster than the second time, which may be why I was able to catch more stuff. Um, them speeding it up just makes it harder for you to catch everything. All right, next up, since the pandemic, Disney has better control of the park capacities with the park reservation system, of course. While not everyone is thrilled with that reservation system, it does allow Disney to know exactly how many people they should expect on any given day. And this helps them know how many cast members they're gonna need staffing to run the park efficiently. So the downside to that, it's a set number of resort guest reservations, pass holder reservations, and guests staying off property. And this has caused a number of pass holders to miss out on going to the park because you can't just wake up one day and say, hey, I wanna to go to the park. You have to have a reservation or you're not getting in. Now, hopefully Disney can find a middle ground for this reservation system that everyone can eventually live with. But I think this is going to, I think it's gonna need some tweaking if they change it at all. But I don't think this is going anywhere. You know, the base the base system of it. I think they, they like this. They like the predictability. Not saying that they can't change a few things, but I think it's here to stay. And it is sad for people that have moved to Orlando because they wanted the opportunity to go after work. Maybe they just want to go to the park, ride a couple rides and get dinner after work, or they want to go in the weekends because they live nearby. This system has really ruined it for them because the reservations are limited. Like there's only so many people park passes that are allowed per day. There's only so many resort guests per park per day. And there's only so many guests off property. And so because of that, it's really caught, it was really bad at the very first. I remember the pass holders, I think, had filled up like right away and some of the other ones. And so they were having to switch the numbers. Like at first they had it at like 34, 33, 33%. But then they found it was off. So then they were changing that up a little bit. And so I think they're gonna have to tweak this spread, but as long as their reservation system is in place, I'm not sure that it's ever gonna be the Disney that we remember, especially, and I do feel sorry for the people in Florida. That was one of the reasons that I wanted to retire in Florida is for the opportunity, just what I was just talking about. If you, know, you came home, if you were still working and you came home and we said, let's just go jump in the car and go to Magic Kingdom for tonight, and eat here and watch the fireworks or something, that is just really, you have to plan for everything. And I know that was a complaint of people for a lot, a long time was that you had to plan too much of the trip out, but they meant like fast passes and dining. They didn't mean park reservations. And so now you have to plan your park reservations. The rest of it's like free for all sometimes. 
So now the only exception to that would be Disney Springs. That's your only option if you want to truly just wing it and just decide to go. You can do that at Disney Springs still because again, it's not an official park. Correct. But you are limited. Long So long are the days if you want to go to Yak and Yeti, you just can't up and go if you want to go because you're not going to have a park reservation like on the fly like that. They won't be available. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. That's not going anywhere. No, they've made that apparent. They like it too much. It's too, it gives them predictability. I mean, it's just like when the Magic Bands first came out and we made jokes about the Magic Band knew where we were. It did. It knew what bathrooms we used in the park. And so this is one step further. Now they know exactly what park we're in before we even enter it. Yeah. So it's kind of like Big Brother. It's just like your phone. I mean, think about you talk about something and then all of a sudden you get an ad about it and you're like, what? They're listening. Yeah. Everyone's listening. Yep. Someone's listening besides God. (laughs) So here's another change that's kind of sad, but the Magic Express that used to bring Disney guests for years from Orlando International Resort to Disney Resorts and back has become a thing of the past as of December 31st, 2021. So... Resort parking now costs also. Those are two things that used to not cost people. And the prices raise with different levels of resorts with the value resort, of course, being the cheapest and the deluxe resort being the most expensive. I don't know how I feel about that, Brad, only because I just found this part out. They all have equal, pretty equal amounts of parking. So I'm not sure why we feel it's necessary to gouge the deluxe resort people anymore when they're already paying. Because they know those people are probably a little more affluent. So they're like, eh, they can afford it. The one good thing that I just found out, and I think I did talk to you about this, Brad, was I did not realize until our last trip that when you pay to park at the resort, if you drive to the theme park, you do not have to pay. They scan your band and you get to park because you've already paid to park. That is a bonus because I didn't realize that And I thought that they were just like charging them to park in their resort and then charging. And I was like, I would always discourage my clients to drive a car or to rent a car because I was like, you don't want to pay that fee and there's plenty of stuff. That's what we use is their transportation. Well, let me tell you right now, I bet you they don't advertise that very well. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think they do. Because I bet they they bank on the lack of telling people. Well, that's just going to give us X amount more money if they don't tell them that. Right. So I'm telling you. That's the kind of stuff that really irritates me. It's like when you find out stuff like that after maybe years of doing something and you're like, well, no one ever told me this or even mentioned that this was a possibility. Oh, yeah. You just have to find out on your own. I don't know. With the way things are skyrocketing, it just leaves a, it would leave a bad taste in my mouth if someone didn't tell me that. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I'm sure. So several of the resorts have had refurbishments over the past 10 years now some of our most favorite upgrades have been the wood laminate flooring multiple usb plugs the open space under the beds for luggage storage and the murphy beds which fold up to allow more space in the guest rooms now with the good we do want to say that we miss the daily mouse keeping service now for a while before the pandemic disney allowed you to opt out of mousekeeping for a ten dollar a night refund however 
Since the pandemic, that is not an option, and mousekeeping only comes every other day. However, interestingly enough though, the room prices have not been changed to compensate the guests for that. No, and a big rumor came out, and luckily, Brad, it was rectified before we reported on it this week. They reported that they were going to start charging for mousekeeping services on top of the room prices. They came out with an article that rectified that situation. It was just a rumor. Um, sadly, I thought it was a truth when I read it the first time because it came from a reputable source. Don't rule it out. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm hoping that's not the case because, I mean, honestly, I like st staying at Animal Kingdom and some of those uppers, but I'm sorry, you should, Disney should be able to give part of the $1,100 a night to the mousekeeping people. A significant portion of it. Right. And this is exactly why, if you listen, guess, I know we've kind of bantered off, but if you listen to our show and we've been talking and there was a sting operation it was port of orleans they had somehow mousekeeping people that were taking money and that had never been a problem before but people are desperate now i'm not saying it's right or it's wrong i'm just saying disney you need to compensate it's just like with educators and everything else in the world that's not paid accordingly correct because sometimes those mousekeepers like we are generally very great gracious to ours when we leave money, I usually leave a note that tells them thank you. I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else, but if you are human, think about you come in and you're tired and you're doing a job that you don't, you feel underappreciated, but then you see a note from somebody that says thank you. It means the world. It's the same thing for me in education. When sometimes I'm having a bad day and I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then I get a note from a parent that says, so-and-so came home and said that this, and I just really appreciate you um, lifting their spirits every day or it, you know, making them excited about school. Those little things make a difference. So I'm asking you, let's spread the kindness when we stay at Disney. Leave a little note for your mousekeepers. It's a small gesture that can make a world of difference. Well, we hope you enjoyed walking down Disney's memory lane with us over the past 10 years and all the changes that have occurred at Disney World. They have been fantastic, most of them, and there have been a lot of changes. And the changes, as you know, will continue because Walt never wanted things to stand still. But we are grateful to Walt Disney and to Mickey Mouse for bringing all this magic into our lives. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, or you have a question or a comment, you can simply email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, text us at 636-395-0544. You can make a reservation for a $200 refundable deposit. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or on our TikTok account, Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, Brad, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Just keep swimming. Have a magical day, my friends.